Hey, welcome to Feeling Twisty. You ever fall in love? Yeah, I know. I'm sure you have. When I was a kid, many decades ago, I fell in love with Star Wars. That's all I thought about. It consumed me. I would dress like Star Wars characters. I would pretend to be Star Wars characters on the back porch of my house. If I was at school, I was doodling Star Wars imagery in the margin of my notebook. It was all Star Wars. That's all I thought about. I would go on the back porch and pretend I was Grand Moff Tarkin on the deck of the Death Star. And I would see Alderaan through the window in our backyard and then I would say, you may fire when ready. I always loved being him. I don't know why I always leaned toward the dark side. I mean, I like the Jedis and all that good stuff, but I really enjoyed uh, the guys in the white helmets and Darth Vader. Love the stormtroopers. Anyway, I digress. I fell in love with that and nothing else mattered. Star Trek didn't matter. And back then it was just the original series. Of course, we didn't call it the original series. We just called it Star Trek. Or like my dad would say, Star Trek. <laughs> anyway, I fell in love with it. And nothing else mattered. My Hot Wheels didn't. I didn't even care to go visit, hang out with friends, especially if they didn't like Star Wars. Well, we couldn't have been friends. But that's all that mattered. And when I, uh, you, you know, you fall in love with somebody. When I fell in love with Kim... Oh, that's all that mattered. Nothing else mattered. And you know, you've been in a relationship and you say, you realize one day, you, you know, I, I don't even remember what it was like without you. I don't remember me before you. And that's what uh, Neville talks about, that falling in love with your desired state, falling in love with that. You fall in love with it so much so the old state, the old you, falls away and is gone and buried. You're so in love with the new state, this new you, that the old you is gone and you wouldn't even know where to find the body. I'm paraphrasing, but that's what he said. So we fall in love with the state. I'm just going to read a couple of quotes of Neville's from his lecture, uh, Trust in God. Remember, that's not it. Let me go back. Here we go. <laughs> Scripture tells us to love God because he first loved us and that we should imitate him as a dear child. Well, how is this done? By falling in love. Whether your desire be for wealth, fame, health, or marriage, you must fall in love with the state. Remember, you have only one lover, only one husband. He is your own wonderful human imagination called God. It is he who gives you everything you fall in love with. Fall in love with the I am within you and change your world. God made it as it is now and he can change it for your husband is a creator. Everything in your world can be traced back to your own wonderful human imagination. Fall in love with the state you now desire to occupy, and to the degree that you are self-persuaded, you will enter it. 
I like that last line. He says that often. To the, to the degree that you are self-persuaded, you will enter that new state. You don't have to convince anybody else. You certainly don't have to convince someone that you deserve it. I've done that a lot. Thought about things I want to do, things I want to be, and then I start thinking, well, I don't, I don't have the qualifications for that. You know, um, this, I remembered this the other day. I, I didn't really realize what I was doing 20 years ago, but I worked for a big insurance company. I was a claims adjuster, and I just decided I wanted to get into radio. And I had never, I had never done radio before, except for a, a, a little radio drama we wrote and performed back in high school. And I did theater. I did do theater, so I wasn't. I was used to being. I enjoyed being, having an audience, uh, creating things and performing. So I enjoyed that. But I never, I had never taken mass communications. I went to school to be a teacher. Well, I went to school to be a lot of things. A lot. I was in, I think my major changed so often. I had an advisor in every building at, at the university. I went from theater to accounting, economics. That was scary. And math, all the maths. Not for me. Don't do the maths. But I digress. I've done a lot, had done a lot of things, studied a lot of things, but never mass communication. So from what they were telling me, that was kind of a prerequisite to have some type of degree in that or even journalism, because I really wanted to be a radio reporter, a radio journalism, journalist. No qualifications whatsoever. I was a claims adjuster and a, a very, for six months, a school teacher before that. But that's what I wanted. There was a, a big station here in town, uh, KYKZ, and the back. I remember listening to John Bridges and a, a, a few others on the radio. And that year, when I decided that's what I want to do, I just imagined me being at a microphone. I honestly had only seen pictures in the in the movies, you know, Good Morning Vietnam. So I know I knew what a radio studio looked like, and so I just imagined myself inside the studio, and, and all I did was just imagine me saying, "Good morning, this is Mike Brignac." I didn't know what I was doing. I didn't know that I was intentionally using my imagination to manifest that or to actually achieve that. But I did. I told the guys uh, at the insurance office, said I'm quitting. I gave them like two months notice. I was giving myself a lot of time. I said, on this date, I'm leaving. Well, where are you going to go? Well, I've got a job as a radio. Uh, I'll be doing radio. as I'm a reporter at a radio station. And they said, well, what station? I said, well, I can't tell you. It's a big one, though. But they pro I promised them I wouldn't say anything. Okay, so at this point, I had only started bugging the news director. I went by there for a visit, said, hey, I'm a big fan. I'd like to learn. He didn't offer me a job. In fact, he told me, he said, well, you're, what do you want? You, you can't have a job here. There is no job. You're not going to get a job. Uh, do you have any education in this? Nope, nope. That's okay. But I told everybody at work and turned in my notice, I'm going to be on the radio. And all I did was I went in imagination into the studio 
before I'd even showed up at the door at the radio station. And by the date that I left the insurance company, they had already offered me a job at the radio station. And the news director was like, you're not going to get, you're just going to be a field reporter. You're not going to be on the air. Get that out of your head. You can't write. Your writing is crap. This is crap. (laughs) He would tear my news stories up, my news copy. Love that guy. But I just knew I was going to be on the microphone. I was going to be there in the radio station for good. And I was only there for a, a month, maybe not even a month as a field reporter, just covering, you know, city council meetings, police jury. And the afternoon anchor didn't show up for work. And the news director said, Mike, Mike, you're on. Get ready. This is it. And then I was the afternoon anchor within a month of me being there, which was just in two months of me telling, turning in my notice and saying, I'm going to be on the radio, even when I hadn't even talked to the radio guys about being on the radio. I became an afternoon anchor. And then a year later, I was news director of that station. And we won some awards. That was fun. I never really cared about getting the awards. Um, but I was news director of that station for a couple of years, and then I was offered a job at a bigger group of radio stations down the road, and then the career took off. But it all started with me falling in love with that state. I fell in love with being radio reporter. I became one with it. To where, hell, I wouldn't recommend just turning in your notice and quitting your job but that's what I did. It was, looking back, it's just like, wow, I, that's what I was doing. I didn't realize what I was doing back then. I didn't realize I was using the I am within me, going within the imagination, occupying that state. I didn't realize what I was doing, but I love it. I love looking back and seeing where I was doing things, good things with my imagination. We're creating uh, or manifesting, whatever you want to call it. We're occupying states all the time. We're always imagining. You're assuming all day long. So your assumptions about yourself and your immediate environment are what you are going to experience. We just don't realize that. One thing Neville talks about uh, when method, we you know I've talked about creating a scene in your mind, in your imagination and, and living in that scene to the replaying it in your imagination until it takes on the tones of reality. He also talks about just asking yourself, first identifying what is it you want, as specific as possible, I think. No, I'm not talking about it. it's got to be this car with this many, this miles per gallon you know, all the different features, but you want, you want a new car. Yeah. You want to, let's say you want to, oh, I'm blank. I'm awful at car names. Uh, okay. I'll say Mustang. Say you want to, you want an orange Mustang. Okay. You don't have to detail all the, uh, create this list of details to send to the universe. You are God. Your I amness is within you, your awareness. So you already know what you want. Just decide what you want and then ask yourself, 
what would the feeling be like if I had that or if I was that? What would the feeling be like if I was on the radio? Oh, yeah, that's the feeling. That's it right there. Capture that feeling, capture that mood. You're dwelling in the state of the wish fulfilled. You're dwelling in the new state. Fall in love with that and become one with it. What I like is what Neville calls the lullaby method. So you've done what I just did. You captured that feeling, that mood. What would it feel like? And then as you, throughout the day, as you go to sleep, you can say, like a lullaby, drift off to sleep. He, he talks about, I think he says, uh, thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. Or, isn't it wonderful? Isn't it wonderful? To me, I don't know if you can hear my stomach growling. I can hear it. I apologize for that. Maybe I could do an ASMR podcast with just stomach growls. That's so gross. <laughs> the lullaby method. I, for me, isn't it wonderful doesn't fit, doesn't feel natural to me. So you pick something that feels natural. I, I can't say, I think I would have to put the explicit language warning on the, the podcast if I said my little lullaby, what I say. But it's just whatever you would say, whatever feels natural to you, just as a, uh, a way to stay in that feeling of the wish fulfilled. Isn't it wonderful? This is awesome. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. And drift off to sleep right, with that lullaby in your mind and with the feeling of your wish fulfilled attached to it. And throughout the day, if you get bumped, if you realize you're worrying or you're upset and you notice, oh, I'm not dwelling in the state. I'm not dwelling in the new state. I'm bumped back into the old one. I'm, just bring that back. Bring that lullaby back. Bring those feelings back to you. What would it feel like if I were this? What would it feel like if I am this and have been this for some time? The healing is just a memory. I've been healed. So what would that feel like if I'm healed now? And that was actually a while back when I got out of the wheelchair. Make the point of your successful story, whether it's a new job, make it uh, a new job, a, a relationship. Imagine something that's happening after the fact. What implies your wish has been fulfilled, not the fulfillment of your wish. You're already past that in imagination. You're already dwelling in something where that particular point, that success, is now just a cool story you can share with people because it's already happened. So I love the lullaby method. <sighs> Isn't it wonderful? Thank you, Father. This is feeling twisty. <laughs>